Hello and welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. And we have a guest today, a local business owner and entrepreneur, Bryce Dillingham. Welcome. Thank you. So I was just saying to you, you're in the restaurant business, which is not an easy, any of the food industry I feel is really kind of a difficult industry to be in. So let's talk about how is it you got into that? The food business really... Before we started any food things, I was doing like a, I opened my own like junk removal, trash removal service. I was doing that and just really tired of, it was like all the, like the phone appointments and you're trying to fill your schedule and maximize your money. But one little thing goes wrong and your whole day goes wrong. And a lot of the things that were going wrong wasn't necessarily our fault. It'd be, we'd pull up to someone's house and they forgot we were coming. They weren't home or small delays. It was just like really stressing me out and kind of lost control of your own. You kind of lose control of your own schedule. And then I was like, all right, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, really like cooking. So we gave that a shot and started off like really slow and really small and just kind of built up from it. And yeah. 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 Where did your love of cooking come from? Mainly just family, just a lot. Anytime you do anything, it was like cooking involved. So really did that. And then free time is like growing up and out of school and stuff was just cooking, reading recipes or watching it on TV and stuff. So I just thought it would be cool at least to give it a shot of selling food for money. And then it just kind of started growing from there. So, you know, I don't understand this. She will not watch cooking programs. I love them. Yeah. I watch all kinds. And she's there like, are you going to make that for me? Well, no, that's kind of, well, then why are you watching it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, cook, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> but it's kind of fun. Where do you get your ideas or inspiration for your? A, lo a lot of like our core menu is just stuff people like eating. Like we do like a taco shop side of the menu, like breakfast burritos, bagel sandwiches. So we try to just take stuff people enjoy eating and they're used to and then kind of making it our way or at least adding something to make it kind of unique and a reason to come to us instead of anywhere else because a lot of the food we sell you can essentially get anywhere else it's like about making it yours and the brand yours and okay because you started out with the food truck right the first one was a tiny little food truck with a fryer um and that's why it's called roll up is we did all just egg rolls um so all like pizza egg rolls all oh. all different ones and then as we grew, we ran into the pains of that is like, it's hard to roll all those rolls and they look the same when you're trying to, when you're busy and you're frying so many things at once. It was just a big mess that when you're just starting out and trying to, the goal is just to sell some food. Um, You don't really think all those things through. So you just kind of run into issues as you go and fix, you can either fix them or not. And then I think that's how far you go is if you fix them or not. So, mm -hmm. well, I think sometimes when you have those things, how do you keep yourself from spinning out of control too? Because, you know, like when you were talking about with your trash removal stuff, it starts to get really overwhelming. I tend to fall into it for too long. You're like, all right, this isn't working. Let's keep trying it though mm -hmm. and tweak little things. And eventually with some stuff, you have to just stop it. And it's like, this isn't working. Let's just stop it. People are going to be mad, but they're going to be madder if we just continue with the issue. So it gets to where if it's like stressing me or other people out repeatedly and it's the same issue, I think that's when it's time to address at least something, figure mm -hmm. out why. So right. so have you had a pretty consistent staff or has yeah, that been actually, hard for you? No, it's uh, when we were such a new business, it was a little inconsistent just because especially with the food truck schedule, you're not open like Monday through Saturday. It's It's depending on who books you and what you have going on. So some weeks there's a lot of money, some weeks there wasn't. And it's also a super laid back environment when you're just a food truck. So it's hard to get like really, even if they are serious, it's hard to like maintain them being serious because it's so relaxed. So now as we grow, it's a lot easier to lock in staff that they like enjoy cooking more than they want to just have a job. And then they, they want to learn with you. And you, yeah, so we have some staff that's been there for a year. Some are pushing two and three years. So when did you get started with the the food truck? What year? Uh, uh, 2017. It was like January okay. 2017 is when we, I bought the first food truck in like late 2016, kind of got it licensed. And then we started in January. So, okay. Is that difficult in the winter months here? Cause it yeah. Once you set up and get going, it's you really don't notice that it's like winter outside. It's just all the stuff that comes with it, like your water freezes and just a lot of random issues that mainly the water 
in food trucks is it's just insane and there's no real way of preventing everything some days when it gets negative too even if you're running heat in there your pipes will freeze and wow yeah okay. so well see the things people do not know the behind the scenes of a food truck yeah, that's, yeah it's <laughs> well and i think that's the thing anytime you're starting a business or you're doing a business when you first start into it, you really don't know all those little intricate things. Yeah. You're you more just trying to conceptualize bigger. Yeah, yeah you're really just trying to open, like, to make it happen first. And then that's when you really start to run into small things that build up because then you got five small things and then 10 small things. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it can be a little nerve wracking. Yeah. You know, we don't do a food truck. We just run a mental health business. And yep. sometimes that's nerve wracking. Yeah. It's just the random days you walk in, it'll, you're like, oh, it's going to be an easy day. And then you walk in and now it's not. So, yeah. uh-huh. people cancel yeah, people exactly. or whatever. You yeah. know, I mean, life happens and there's so much of life that's happening that we don't get to control. Yeah. You know? And it sounds like that's more where your stressors come or those things that are outside of your control. Yeah, exactly. So you started the food truck in 2017. What made you, because you're in the process of expanding, talk a little bit about your new venture now. Uh, We pretty much grew the food truck. Each food truck we bought, we were now on our fourth one, which should be the last. But we basically, uh, we bought a new food truck. We maximized how busy we could get out of it, get another one. Same thing would happen. We'd go from like, oh, this is all the space in the world to like, we hate this food truck. It's too small. And then we buy the other one. And that's where we're at now is you, we, the, we have a building where you order in and you can dine in and stuff, but the kitchen's still the food truck. And we're just at like that breaking point now where like we finally found out why everyone doesn't do this and why you don't see like buildings with a food truck out back as a kitchen. And we've like completely maximized it. And we just need all our space and one roof. And it, the main reason is it feels like we have like three separate businesses because we have the storefront, we have like the inside prep area, and then we have the kitchen, but they're all separate. And everyone that we hire is kind of assigned to one of those. Right now, it feels like you're working in that station rather than just like in the building. And that's why we're trying to expand. So does it, so. is that the goal is to go to complete uh, brick and mortar? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're going to do away completely with the food trucks, um, go full brick and mortar. Our building has a big garage where it used to be a car wash. So that's going to be our kitchen. And then we'll have kind of a back storage room and then the big storefront. And we'll have a bar and dine it and all that going soon. Nice. But yeah, it's going to be fun. When is your project? I would say projected because with this, there's always yeah. something that comes up. When is your projected opening for that? I think for full bar and like all everything inside should be December. So it should be like November, December. The weird thing though is the. Food licenses run by calendar year. So if you pay for December, you don't get your full year. You pay for December and then you you expire in January and you double, you repay it. So we're going to see how far. So if we're like halfway through December and we only have like 15 days, we might just push it to January. So it's going to kind of depend on the scheduling of how stuff gets completed and then inspected license and all that. So until then, you stay open as the food? Yeah, the- so until then, okay. the plan is just to keep kind of operating as, as usual. Okay. So let everybody know the name of your business. It's called Roll Up. Okay. Yep. And where is it located? Uh, 301 Main Street. And that's uh, the zip code's 80911 in okay. the south end, Colorado Springs, Widefield area. Okay. So you're local to here, correct? Yeah. And yeah, you graduated and from? Uh, Widefield High School. Okay. And that's cool because it's like right up the road from our location too. So it's we're like right kind of, a lot of us grew up in the area too and it's right there. So you're expecting some of those high school students to be rolling up to your roll up? Oh yeah, they come, okay. <laughs> they, they really come and then always around like break time or summertime is when we get a lot of like applications for Right now we don't have them, but we will soon of like summer jobs and people that want to at least like test out if they want to work in kitchens and stuff. So do you feel like that you've had a lot of support from the community being from here? Oh, yeah, just directly just from being from here for sure. And then also just bringing like a restaurant to that area. It's good and focuses on like the food and value of it. And we're busy just from that, too, because there's not a whole lot going on down there. So. Mm Yeah. No, we stopped by and had lunch one day, and it was interesting because it was so quiet. Yeah. The whole area, there's not a whole lot, you're right, yeah. that goes on there. So, yeah. But you were kind of busy that day. 
Yeah, it's it's wild. And depending on when you come, you might sit there for 10 minutes and where no one's there. And then it's all of a sudden the rush starts hitting and just cars after cars start pulling in. So with you, because, you know, we also talk a lot here about the support we get from people, mentorships. Who has that been? Who has been doing that for you? Who do you feel has been that big support system for you? I don't have one just one but really just more, uh or more you know. there's other restaurants that are kind of following our same timeline or doing their kind of doing our similar growth their way and it's cool to at least have um, like i'd say like the owner of Luchelle's, travaris and, Luch- and chantal there i look up to them a lot and it's basically for the same reason is there we like did food trucks at the same time and then decided to take it kind of elsewhere so it's cool to at least have somebody to tell like, oh, this is crazy. And they at least relate because a lot of people you're explaining this stuff to and they don't know. So the best they can tell you is like, oh, that's crazy or whatever. So (laughs) So it's through those connections that you've made and you're able to bounce ideas off of. Yeah, ideas. And just like I said, if you need some random fix or really just anything, you at least have somebody to go ask. So that's really good because I would imagine going into this and, you know, any kind of business that you're just starting, I mean, to not have somebody that can kind of guide the way for yeah, you. Yeah, and have done it before. Because yeah. a lot of either people who have, like, done it and not so successfully or haven't at all, they're, like, best advice is just not to. You're telling all these, like, I'll talk to some other owners or people, like, oh, we're, like, expanding our location. And they're like, oh, that's stupid. That's expensive. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to stress you out. And But it's like you haven't done it before. So I, it's hard to take what you're saying seriously, I guess. So that's well, cool. I think any endeavor you have can has the potential to stress you out once again, yeah. we talked about those things we can't control. Yep. But I think that the important thing is, is when people follow whatever they feel is important to them. And there's a lot of naysayers out there. So how do you do your best to kind of keep those out of the forefront for you? Those people who maybe you do like and respect who are still saying, no, don't do that. Yeah. I've learned you have to just d- distance yourself or, avoid completely because you're not going to change their mind if they think what you're doing is dumb or if they the craziest part is like how many restaurant owners are bitter towards the industry but they stay in it and all they want to do is kind of get you on board with like oh this sucks or like this isn't worth our time and it's really to where you got to just distance yourself from that and do your own thing and let them do their own thing and have quick casual conversations but yeah I think it's pretty cool that you're willing to step out and, you know, just pursue it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing. Anytime you start an endeavor, you conceptualize it. Once again, I think you conceptualize the end piece, but there's all the little pieces that go in between. And sometimes they do kind of rock you a little bit. Yeah. When you realize, hmm, that wasn't what I thought. Yeah. Some of the stuff, especially... Definitely when we bought the fir- the food truck like seven years ago, there's no way I would have expected to be like entering a building and putting a kitchen in and full bar and all that. It was I I didn't really know where it was going to go. I just I didn't think it would be this. I thought it would be like I take the food truck out every day or so. So is this all just you? Do you have partners with it or do you did you just sit there and say, you know what, I'm just going to do this? Yeah, it was just me. Super limited loans, like through the process. So I've been able, even even now with this expansion, to own hundred percent of it. No partners. Now we're at the point where we have like really great staff, so we're starting to promote people into like management roles and stuff. That are it basically, if I can't run this business without you, or it would cause a lot of stress. It's time to like promote that person, pay them accordingly, and then also make sure they want to do it. Because there's a lot of people that help you they'll play that role but then they don't necessarily want it so i want to make sure they know like this is what you're expected of here's your pay and do you want to do it rather than kind of like a loose expectation or or them seeing you stressed out and feeling bad so they help out and so i just like i said once i get to the point where i feel like i need you there it's you have to treat them that way so okay how has your family been with all this they've been good it was uh just same thing with anyone it's just like scary i guess is like because they can't really relate like they haven't owned a restaurant or business or anything so when i tell them like we're doing all this and the money involved and all that i know we can do it but it's just like in the in the numbers and explaining to them that way it's just like when you can't really relate to it directly it's scary 
So well, I think it's hard for people to understand when you go in business that you invest a lot at the beginning yep. in order to get the profit at the end. Yeah, exactly. But it's hard because people sit there and say, oh my God, that's a lot of money. What happens? It's always what if, what if, what if. Yeah. And, you know, I think you have to go on with the attitude of unsuccessful <laughs> and investing yeah. in yourself. Yeah. And then set backup plans for if you do fail. Like you have to, I don't try to like focus on failing, but at least if we do fail, I've calculated all that of it won't be that bad or it'll be this bad if we completely fail. So you can like focus on like the goal, but still along the way, at least somewhat of a backup of it's it is super scary. But this is why all this is put in place because I'm not the first to ever do this. So there's always like a backup plan or people to help if stuff goes completely bad. Well, I think the thing is, too, and I always tell people, I don't I'm one that doesn't really use the word failure because I think everything we do in life is practice. Yeah. But I think we practice, but I think practicing with a backup plan is always important. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think that you have to have multiple avenues you know, yeah. because of those unforeseeable things that we can't change. You were just talking about all the rain we got, how that kind of threw a little bit of a monkey wrench in yeah. your remodel. Yeah. Failed all our rooftop units. All the really, it's basically a whole side of the business that I had no idea. Like, I don't know anything about rooftop cooling units and HVAC. You don't really care about any of that till it fails is what I found out. And then and then I was like, what do I do? Because we're in the middle of summer, too. So our building's hot. Our walk-in was broken. Like, we're phasing out the food truck. So that's on its last leg. And it just felt like you're working in just a circus because every time you turn around, something's broken. or that. And then in the middle of all that, you're also, like, insanely busy. So it was, yeah. How it was you, kind of a welcomed, like, fail thing to happen, even though it was a little bad, so. How do you deal with the stress of all that? Just get through it, really. That's uh, especially, like, the day-to-day, -day, like, the restaurant stuff. Just kind of push through it and then try your best not to, like, take it home with you. Because you're not going to, like, when you're at home, you can't do anything either, so. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, some days you have to just kind of get out of the building like all right that was insane and then you get in your car and go home so but that's where i'm like with our staff that's not what they signed up for they know it's going to be stressful but they didn't sign up to like deal with that so it, it came to a head this last couple weeks with mainly the equipment and stuff and then it was, it was good for everyone kind of to get a little pause yeah so you know when you because we always talk about the importance of taking care of yourself because the restaurant is kind of it can be really consuming time consuming yeah. So what do you do to take care of you? What are some of the things you like to do? I mainly just try to get kind of do stuff around the house. Even though it's work related, I really like just working on the building or uh, looking at recipes and stuff. But mainly, mainly just like working on the building and like making it better for other people. It gets you out of like the kitchen side of things and a different project or just either at home or at the business kind of cleaning up the outside or just, yeah. I like working, so it's it's always, like, involved in some sort of, like, doing something, so. So yeah. some people say I take a vacation, you know. Yeah, we'll try friends. to do that. We actually, <laughs> since all this crap happened, everything, we're closed and going back and forth with insurance. We, like, took a trip to the hot springs. It was, like, Indian hot springs. We just got out for a night and stuff, so it was cool to find. That's usually what we'll do is if it gets, like, real stressful and stuff, we'll, like, tell the staff we're leaving for a few days get everything ready and then just at least for two or three days just get out of there for a second so. oh nice. nice yeah i think sometimes we get so caught up in that whole thing we you have the potential to get so focused on it that do you ever find that you have those people who have to tell you okay bryce step away yeah no for sure you get obsessed <laughs> with like fixing an issue and the best fix might be just like scrapping it all together and that's where we've been with like our growth is we didn't really have a point where we like took a huge loan and see like a lot of especially like investor restaurants or chains, they have their big process of opening and then they kind of just like snap their fingers. Everything's awesome and they're open. We've had to kind of like upgrade as we go. And that's where some of the stuff we find like you just can't do it anymore. So instead of obsessing about like how to make this work, it's time to just get rid of it and then explaining to customers or people why you did and. So. Do you feel like if there is that time where you have to get rid of something or that, how receptive are your customers to that? It's like 50-50. Some, <laughs> yeah, some understand and they're kind of disappointed and then others, they just don't want to hear it. 
So we, I wouldn't say we've like lost customers or lost respect over kind of the changes. Cause like long-term they kind of see why we've made that happen and stuff. So mainly tuning down our menu, getting it more automated in the moment, everyone hated it, but now we're able to open seven days a week for 12, 13 hours a day. So in trade for that, they don't get to come like, it's not as exclusive, but now we're able to open this much longer and things are more consistent and stuff so so there's some trade-offs yeah definitely trade-offs with that when you look at you know your brick and mortar what is your goal for it um that you're wanting to see with it i know personally just to like become more of an owner again where i'm not kind of like cooking i want to be involved in the food still but i more want to like bring people in that want to want to be there and let them take those roles and learn for themselves and then uh that creates like a good work environment for basically employees. So then you'd have like your people in charge kind of getting their experience and then be able to bring employees to eventually like train them up to take those roles on. So a little bit of a step back. Yeah, step back. So I can focus. Yeah. So I can like focus on the business and then ideally to open more because now we're building this building from scratch. There's not a restaurant or there's not a kitchen and all that already in it. So I'm like, as we go, I'm learning how to like, contact architects to do blueprints and all this crap that I didn't know existed as far as the plumbing, electrical and all that. I'm kind of starting to know what I'm doing. So doing a second location wouldn't be like a brand new thing a second time. So this is to be kind of exciting, though. So many people go buy a building that's already existing. That was a restaurant oftentimes, because then with it comes sometimes the equipment, you know, people just have the whole entire thing. In your case, you actually get to be a part of that design and stuff. Yeah, and it's full education. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's like because a lot of people hire a guy to do all this and they kind of sit down and draw out their kitchen and their plans and then pay the guy. And then, like I said, then six months later, they walk in and see the progress or see the result and they don't really get to, like, understand what happened. So it seems like I would probably feel better knowing the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, it's nice knowing. And it's also nice with this as we've had five years to kind of learn what we need. So because if I five years ago, if I designed a restaurant, I, there's no way I'd actually know, know enough to do it the right way. So I feel like we might have spent all kinds of money and time and we built it the wrong way. So it's kind of nice now. We waited so long that it's like 100 percent what we want. So well, I talked to her about this. I say I can always tell somebody who loves to cook. By the way, they arrange their kitchen. Yeah. You know, and I imagine that's the same thing with the restaurant. There's a certain, because you want a certain flow to it. Yeah. And like, ideally, just like easy as possible. So while while we were in the garage kind of designing the line, I like took each menu item on a piece of paper and you really just stand there in the dark or with your eyes closed and like cook it. I tried to like know where the stuff is. That way you can redesign the line and everything before it's too late. So if you think maybe fryers on like the left side work, then you find out the right side's better. So it was nice to get all that settled kind of before before it's too late or before it's already done. So Wow, that's like sort of mapping it out. Yeah, just that's that, cool. that way if you need like your most frequent things, if you need it all the time, it's like an arm's reach. And that's our biggest thing on the food truck is that you can't do that. So especially training new people, it's like, you need the freezer right next to you, but it's on the far other side. But also you can't walk through it because there's so many pieces. So it's just like, it's going to be nice to really have a space that we thought through and it's going to work and everything. Yeah. So How involved are your employees in this whole process? In like the design and this process, not much, but I'll still uh, like as mainly just with the kitchen flow, we'd kind of show them how it works and mm-hmm. they'd all have their feedback or say that that'll be interesting or that'll work really well. And so at least have them involved and then also kind of showing them as we go, the placement of things and seeing if, like I said, if they're really excited about it or they say, Oh, maybe we should like rethink that. And Mm -hmm. so we've, yeah, we've definitely landed on like a solid plan of where everything's going to be. Oh, nice. Even with that. So what made you decide because prior to this, you didn't have a bar, correct? Yeah. Yeah, it was um like a coffee bar. We do mainly like bottled in-house drinks, like bottled coffee, bottled juices. The bar side we're adding, I think, attracts a lot more of like dinner, dine-in crowds. And it also attracts people 
they might buy food, but they're also there just have like a space in the community to at least sit down and do something at. And through doing food trucks, we parked at a lot of breweries. So I know a lot of brewery owners and breweries that I we can bring their beer and products into Widefield, where a lot of times people don't even know a lot of that exists. So you go into like a bar down there and it's like Coors, like all the average beer. So it'll be cool to at least have kind of like a big display of people to see what's going on around town and be able to try it out. Hopefully get them to leave town and go try somewhere else too. So that's cool. But that's kind of cool if you can bring, you know, other parts of Springs or whatever into your location, because the cool thing is, is that's paying it forward and that you're still, but if you're not here in Widefield, then, you know, if you're in Springs and you like the spirit, at least this is the brewery you can go to. And it's cool because it works both ways too exactly. so you can have the breweries come down and feature some of their beers and in turn they post to their social media that we're at roll up tonight and so there's like a whole crowd down south that is wondering what this brewery is and then the brewery people are wondering what roll up is and you kind of trade off right either customers or at least some word of mouth and stuff so it always works completely which both ways. which yeah. kind of brings us into another thing your advertisement how do people know about you I just go real heavy on Facebook, Facebook and Instagram. And then where we're at now is a lot of word of mouth. We, When you purchase anything from us, it'll ask you if you want to like sign up for email lists and stuff. So we try to send coupons or just updates through email and all that as we go. But I push where we're at now with how long we've been doing it. I want it to be a lot of just word of mouth and like reputation advertising. But we still hit Facebook as much as possible and... Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. I mean, I I think it's a way that I almost feel like people feel like things like Facebook and stuff makes it almost more personable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like it's it's almost like reaching out to a friend, a distant friend, or yeah, it, and it lets you is. like post just random things in the business, like new hires, or you can post like they were busy today. Here's a picture, and a lot instead of I I fall into it too of getting in the habit of just like posting up food pictures to get it over with. But you can totally go a step further and like show what your business is. And so, are you the Facebook person? Are you? The yeah, right person? now I'm. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm you just trying to get media? Yeah, some of this off my plate. But right now, I do all that myself. So. It's a lot of work, isn't it? Yeah, to do it right too, because yeah. you can know how to do it right, and you can still like I've been doing it wrong sometimes, and then I'll kind of like, all right, let's get it together and do it right so it's if it's not just your job it is hard because it's too easy to especially when you have like the social media schedulers and all that Mm -hmm. to just post an entire day of stuff you've already done before and you're like oh we're posting all day at least but it's nothing new to most of your already like existing customers so and you do it's like it has a life of its own you have to constantly post because that's what's in people's face and that's what gets the attention like sadly some people they like they might not even be a customer and they're just like a fan of your social media and they're you really do get like that direct feedback of just like boring or like post something else and that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. You get those people out there who yeah. kinda of critique you a little bit. Yeah. It's a lot to keep up with. Yeah. It it is. And I don't think people realize that, you know, a lot of people in business have people who actually do all their social media. Yeah. Because it is so time consuming yeah it is and now i'm like learning why because but like i said before while we are growing one to keep the money in the business and two like to learn how to do it i was doing it all but you totally start finding out why other people can do a lot better than you so oh we found out real fast uh when we started this podcast that editors we are not yeah and they would even say oh no this is simple and they're like First off, we have a full-time job when we're not doing this. Yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah. yeah. And so it is. And then that becomes almost nerve-wracking when you feel like, oh, my gosh, I, it's 12 o'clock. I haven't posted anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got to get on. Well, that's her. I don't, I'll admit it. I don't do, I do very little of the social media stuff. It's time-consuming. I usually yeah. just don't have time, <laughs> yeah. you know. Or, yeah, and, and I'm finding, too, when you do it yourself, you, like, almost blame yourself too much, so... We might be slow one day, and I'm like, oh, it's because I didn't post this morning, and it's not. It's just because we're having a slow day, so I'm desperately spending all this time posting and sending coupons when I probably should just not even worry about that and get some other stuff done and just, like, accept it's just not a busy day, so. 
He always posts some great pictures of the food. I have, yeah, I have seen yeah, that. Get the, at, least, <laughs> at least try to get the food pictures and then like keep them fresh too. Even though we say serve mainly the same menu after like three, four weeks of the same picture, we'll at least try to get a different one. So it's not, like I said, just the same over and over again. Would you say that you have like a star dish? Yeah, the top really our burgers have been co- become one of our like main oh, breakfast burritos for like since we started doing those are just like the go to for mainly all day. A lot of like word of mouth is like try their burritos, but uh, honestly, the burgers are becoming like one of the number one things. Okay. So yeah, okay. And I have to ask you, do you you know because we have such a huge population of vegetarian, vegan. Yeah. In gluten free in spring. Yeah. Where are you guys at with that? We hit gluten free options. We're trying to make it like more blatant about it of like cuz if you come in person and ask us, you flip our menu over and there's a good list of the options. When you order online is where I'm trying to focus a little more on. Um and I also for what some reason all of our gluten free dishes are just the way they are. We don't like make them gluten free. So I don't want people to think like Say, like, our street tacos are gluten-free. I don't want to label them gluten-free because, sadly, a lot of people are like, oh, that's I don't want those because I'm not, I can eat gluten and I don't want that because it's going to be weird. And that, and same with vegetarian, vegan. A lot of people, even though it might just be amazing food, they won't try it because they're like, oh, I don't eat vegetarian food. And so we're trying to make those things like a menu item without presenting it directly that way. Because the what I found is the mass amount of people, that's kind of sadly how they think about some of those things is like like black bean burgers. They, they I like them sometimes better than a regular one, but some people just won't try them or like veggie burgers won't try them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's really an interesting thing you just said there, because I don't think people realize that sometimes people have that image of, oh, my God, you're vegetarian or vegan. You're all foo foo or whatever yeah. you want to call it or stuff like that. And then. Because I don't think people look at the flip side of that. They might look at the side of, oh, well, you you know, because we're gluten intolerant. So yeah. when we go places, it's like, oh, we don't have any gluten-free yeah. stuff. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, I don't think we sit there and say, oh, those people who can eat gluten, how dare they? Yeah, you exactly. And yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. But I think you do have that. And, I, and I, I've heard that, too, when people, oh, I won't eat that. That's that's like what vegetarians are. Yeah, or like like with pizza, there's like the cauliflower crust or the gluten. And it's like sometimes you don't even know the difference. Right. And people like will just will not try it because they're like, oh, I don't want to eat cauliflower pizza. And that's not it's not what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like try it for what it is. And then you either like it or you don't like it. But yeah, this mentality that we have around certain foods, her cousin was here. And so I'm making a salad one day, and I says, do you want a salad? He goes, how do you say that? With his thick southern accent. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not eating them weeds out of the yard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you'd show them, and it's like a like chicken bacon salad, and it's well, his new favorite thing. So. Well, I'm just there like, mm-hmm. dude, either you want the salad or not, I'm yeah. cooking. Oh, well, then in that case. And so I made the salad, and he goes, you know, this is really good. Yeah. But... Also, he had that mentality of what salad was, because everybody has these different ideas. You know, even like people might say, oh, a breakfast burrito is the same all the time. Then go to yours and you might have different variations. Yeah, it's like a different style or it's not all the same. I notice on the breakfast side of things a lot with kind of like the older age crowd is they're used to breakfast restaurants being like omelets, pancakes and plates. So we have like loaded tater tots and egg rolls and burritos and they're just like, at first, like what is going on, and then you, and then they're all of a sudden they're there every single day, and they walk in, you already know what they're gonna order, and so you have to get through that stage of like they're, like they're not used to it, they're immediately thinking it's weird, and then you have to kind of let them try it, and so. Well, it's amazing how much bias people have with food. It's just with food, and it's like what they're used to. So they, yeah. So if it's not something they're used to or a different style especially on the internet is that's where there's no filter and it's like people are just like don't serve that or don't like i'll never try that and so i know we make it a practice of every time we vacation our one rule is we have to try a new food yeah or we try we also will go and we have some friends and we'll try different new restaurants yeah you know and and we i think that it's important to give back to the community even in that way and you know telling people you know you can go eat at the chain restaurants but well, we'd also like you to give us a try. You yeah, know, and I think a, a lot of people, that's where they're at is 
especially a lot of people with families or even no, no families, they don't have the money to like be adventurous and go maybe try a dinner they don't like because then, then you might have to go buy food twice. And I think that's their biggest holdup is they want to like make sure they enjoy it before they go. But then they're like totally living like a false reality. Like they've already decided what your food's going to be before they get there. And then they might get mad because it's not that way or whatever. So just being a lot more open-minded because it is just food. It's like a new experience for $15 a person or less. And it's like, it's in the end, it's not as serious. I think as people make it as far as like trying something you may or may not like. Well, and I think that keeps people stuck too. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't help promote themselves outside of that little microcosm that they live in. Yeah, exactly. You know? So it's like, you're right. If you go and the food sucks, who cares? Did you enjoy your time with your friends or family? That was really fun. The atmosphere might be good. Yeah, you might food, never, like, we'll never go there again, but at least we've tried it as kind of. Yeah, the, exactly. The thing, so. That's kind of where we're at. We, Sometimes we try a place where they're like, you know, it's not our favorite, but yeah, we yeah. really, but we usually walk out of there saying, we'll find something in whatever place we go to, you yeah. know, I really love the decor. I love the atmosphere. And sometimes, you know, even a restaurant, if it has that great atmosphere, the food may not be great, yeah. but you'll keep going back for that atmosphere. Yeah. And that, and that's a lot what I notice of like all the new chain restaurants and it's a lot, I think. I think they spend all their like 90% of their time on that atmosphere and their cool plates and their cool menus. And so even if your food comes out terrible, it's like you're in like this atmosphere that you're like, all right, it's maybe not that bad. Where if you got served that food in like a small shack of a place, that's when you kind of really realize it's not that great. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's always funny, you know, how many times you find those hole in the wall places that just have the most fantastic food. Yeah. You know? And it's usually like a tiny menu and it's like handwritten and, <laughs> right. and it's yeah. the best, it's the best every time. So really yeah. here, this is our menu today. It's written on a napkin. Yeah, service <laughs> might not be that great. Cause they're like I said, they just know their food's good. So and that's my favorite places to go to are those ones. So yeah. yeah, you find that there's something really neat about even the staff and stuff. Yeah. It's like it's almost like being at home having a meal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they, Yeah, it comes off like they're being rude or they don't care, but they're just there to do their job and serve the food. And that's basically up to you as a customer to decide if that's your thing or not. Cause I would totally have rather have like really good food and a short amount of service than the other way around and have like this glorious building amazing service and the food sucks i'd totally rather have kind of this the small version of that so so let me ask you this because customer service is so important especially in the food industry how do you help your employees if you find that maybe they're lacking or you just want them to do something different with that with customers well at least try like rarely do we like step in when they're even if I see they're doing something wrong I I try to let them all of our managers do the same we try to at least in the moment let them do their thing that way the customer them aren't feeling dumb of like somebody swoops in and does, and basically just steps on their toes and tells mm-hmm. them not to um so we'll try to like watch that happen and then right away tell them like not to do that or do this differently kind of said what we expect and then it's from there and it's up to them to either do that or not do it and if they don't do it that's when it becomes an issue so we'll kind of remind you one or one or two times if you're reminded on something like that it's like a personal choice to not do it so we wait till it becomes like a a direct personal choice to kind of not listen to what we're saying until then so yeah how do you deal with difficult customers Cause you know, everybody yeah, has them. <laughs> those, uh, like we try, that's when I'll step in and kind of assist the person or our managers will do the same of like, you can repeat the same thing to someone five times and then they ask for a manager and then I come out and tell them the exact same thing, but I'm not as nice as our staff. So I think sometimes they're like, oh, I should have just dealt with the staff instead of pushing it this far. Mm-hmm. So some people... And it's the same thing with uh, just what they're used to. Like they walk in and I want onion rings and they're, well, we don't have onion rings. And they're like, oh, yeah, we we just dealt with this. The guy was saying we have a fryer, but we don't have onion rings. That's absurd. And you're kind of just trying to explain to him that 
I mean, in the in this moment, I can't just grow onion rings, so you, we don't have them. And, and that's where you kind of just have to, like, once you kind of, like, hit a wall and the customer service side has to go away and you just have to tell people, like, you can either do this or not do it and you don't have to be here. And so without losing your mind, because sometimes it is really frustrating. And then we try to get staff after they've dealt with that to, like, calm down and just let it go. That way it's not like a the build up and then the next customer you might have is a little rude and it just spirals from there. So, so trying to deal with it as much. Yeah. Just kind of like, yeah. And some customers don't need to like, just like employees, sometimes you have to let an employee go. Sometimes you do have to ask a customer not to come even if they are. Cause we've had some where they're, they come all the time, but it's always something. And we verify that like we're doing nothing wrong. And it's like after the fifth, sixth complaint of, maybe we're just not the place for you is kind of where you have to ge- like gently tell them that. And then we don't like kick people out and say you're banned, but we eventually that customer service has to end when you're just kind of complaining just to complain. So, right. And I think that's the thing, like I said, when you do the food industry, dealing with people because people want what they want when they want it, regardless, even if they haven't looked at the menu yet, because yeah. <laughs> that was our thing. Didn't we see onion rings and, where they were like, oh no, we just asked for fresh onion. Yeah, and they said that well, you guys didn't have any. So, so we're like, like, oh really? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was surprised. Yeah, but I mean, we didn't throw a fit or anything. Yeah. Just said, oh, no, okay. it's like the space issue too, because some of those things, then you have to go as far as explaining our kitchen and yeah. like we totally could and should have that kind of stuff, and there's just not like currently a, a space to put it in. Is right. like, we didn't so, even ask the question. We just yeah. said okay. Yeah, <laughs> we'll just take the food. It's good. Yeah, and that's what like. Sometimes our front end staff doesn't know or they just don't go as far as explaining it because it's like more like technical, like we just don't have a spot to put it in short of like if somebody orders fresh onions, they have to walk all the way inside. So once we're in our set space, a lot of that stuff will smooth out. But it's like I said, where we're at now trying to run a food truck as a restaurant is you totally when you walk in our building, you just if you don't see the food truck, you'd assume there's a kitchen in there. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people when we're things are limited and stuff, it's hard to explain. This is why. Well, well, I think as a consumer, though, if I'm going into a place and when you when we were told there's no onions, it's not a matter of. I'm so special that you need to run out and get me an onion. Yeah. First off. Second, I chose the place to go into. So therefore, I'm going to take whatever's on the menu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes, I think you find that people, I don't know if they elevate themselves or whatever. It's not like criticism. It yeah. just is what it is. You know, but you do have that where they feel like. There's a certain expectation. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and a lot of it comes from, for some reason, and it's like only in the restaurant industry, on a customer side, it's like you're not it's supposed to be told no. Yeah. And that's kind of a, a lot of new restaurants are like trying to do away with that because a lot of it comes down to just the owner wants to make as much money as possible. So as an owner, I could sell fresh onions and I could do all this stuff and make it total hell on my staff. And just for the sake of like getting those customers and making the money, but it has to be especially for the long term and stuff there's like it has to be at least reasonable of what we're doing so right and i mean and that makes sense but i think as a consumer so people if you're listening out there if you're a consumer remember you don't always know the behind the scenes stuff of yeah exactly yeah and just realizing that and we don't once again, we didn't have onion. It yeah. wasn't the end of the world. When some some things that have hit our menu is because of that. It's because we've disappointed so many people in a row that we're like, oh, maybe we should do that. And so, <laughs> so and then we've had some things that, like some things we change and all that. Of like, if it's like over and over again, maybe even though we feel like maybe that wasn't what we were supposed to do. Obviously, if it's like a repeat thing, you should probably at least some sort of way accommodate that, and then. The people who like come back and then we ask, like, we have fresh onions now, they really appreciate that. And it, even though it might not be them that triggered it, they kind of feel like it is, or so. Oh, yeah. But yeah. So now you guys were doing some catering and stuff too, correct? Yeah. Okay. Do you, is that something you still do? Yeah, we still do kind of offsite, um, like buffet style catering. So once we have our full kitchen, um, I'm trying to, instead of doing like a food truck thing, kind of double on the catering side. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, and do wed- we do weddings, a lot of a lot of breakfasts, like businesses will buy burritos and stuff for their staff. So well, I had noticed like a year, it was like a year ago or something like that, you had something going at the Broadmoor. That one was like a food. It was called Taste of Pikes Peak. Okay. And it was just like a you're basically just promoting your brand. So it's like a big if you're a customer, you just buy a ticket and you just go sample food and drinks and oh. take information and it's like a an opportunity for like food vendors to go it's like a reverse food show like they come to you like there's you're serving food they can come to you um so kind of just like a big networking thing and that was that was when we were gonna enter uh the kawadi food hall on tejon oh yeah um we just it was it just didn't work out so i pulled back on that and opened our own location but that was that food show was kind of us like announcing the food hall was opening up and these are the planned vendors and stuff like that so it was fun because that was my first uh that was the first step towards like like actually cooking we weren't just like a small food truck anymore it was like starting to get into the industry and like seeing all these like people i look up like you're like oh that's the owner of this restaurant and stuff and then three years later you're like have his phone number and stuff you're talking to him directly so it's kind of cool it's a good way to network yeah Yeah. that's awesome networking is such an important thing but i think sometimes you know once again when you give back to the community and you know when you open a restaurant people don't understand you're still giving back to the community yeah because you're giving them an opportunity to go somewhere that is run by a local person yeah especially with stuff like that um like there's not really any restaurants down in that area that you can say, like, was it that food show I went to or I saw them there or whatever. So, right. Oh, how fun. So, it sounds like fun, exciting things. Uh, so, once again, let's do before we wrap up, uh, give all your information once again. Um, our website, where you can just find just about anything, is rollupcos.com. Um, when you go on the website, it pops up normally right away. Just subscribe for emails. Um, and those that's what that's like the first to know any new info. Um, and then our restaurant is located at 301 Main Street, 80911. Um, we're open seven days a week, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Um, right now is a bunch of like non-alcoholic drinks. But towards the end of the year, we'll basically have full service going. So uh, definitely it's a cool time to come frequently because you're able to like watch in real time all the changes instead of us like closing, shutting on all the windows and then like snapping our fingers. Now we're open. You kind of get to like <laughs> see the like pain of all this. So, so but right at the moment you had to close because of the renovation part. So you have reopening. Soon. Uh, yeah, the reopenings up in the air because our uh, our walk-in cooler system and then the full HVAC unit went down because of the storm. Mm -hmm. And then there's a bunch of like internal, like just some random leaks and stuff like that, where we're trying to, we're trying to get back open, but I also have to have that space for like the people to come do the work. Um, So we're in a, this is super weird because we're closed due to an emergency. Mm -hmm. And so while we're closed, I'm trying to like as fast as I can, like renovate some of the building like yesterday, I ripped the whole ceiling down, threw it all away mm-hmm. while we were closed. So we're trying to like maximize this close time while it's covered by insurance. Um, yeah. Then we're going to, when the fixes happen, we'll reopen. And then it might come down to another short close. Like it just kind of depends on how much we can use the building while it's being worked on at the same time. Okay. And then not bringing in new customers into like chaos because they there's going to be a lot going on and not every customer is like in the loop of what's going on so you walk into something crazy like friday you walked into the whole staff in a panic and so that's where i was like all right let's just close because we're able to open and serve but it looks just a little bit crazy because all of our cold storage was in like temporary units in the dining room so cooks are running in ripping the fridge open and they can't find anything and so people are looking like what is and we're all young and it's a new place so they're just like where am i and so that's not the place i want them to like know us by so we have to like yeah so they understand it's like under construction but not just a total circus because it like friday mainly was just i was like this isn't what we should look like at all so (laughs) yeah so you can also follow you on facebook yeah, and that's uh, Roll Up COS is all of our social media. So if you type that in anywhere, you'll be able to pull it up. And we post the same updates on all the socials. So if you follow one, you're pretty much set to go on those. Yeah. So 
anybody, if you want to know when it's opening back up, follow you guys, and then yep. you guys will keep everybody posted as yep. far as that goes. Yeah, the main holdback now is, um, especially, it's like the worst case for your AC unit to go down. It's the middle of summer, and our building is like glass. So as soon as the sun starts like coasting over the building and hitting the glass, it's like 95 to 100 degrees in there. Oh, wow. And we're getting no like air circulation. So it's just like a steam. And we, we do a lot of like our green chili and a lot of cooking in the back room. Mm. So we have like fridges running and bodies and steam. And it's just not like, like I said, <laughs> we can technically be open, but it's not something you should be open through. So Right. Yeah, let's take care of customers and staff because, yep. you know, being in that... The customer's not going to be happy Yeah, if it's that hot. No, that's the then thing. they're going to be griping about And we're them. running swamp coolers <laughs> in the same thing of like, why am I sitting in an industrial building and there's in the same swamp cooler I have at home is what's cooling the building. And there's not a good way of explaining that. So, yeah. And it's commercial, so everything just takes longer. So to replace this AC unit, um, we have to get like an architect's drawings and permits. And so the AC, the HVAC company said it's going to be seven to 10 days. But then we're waiting on two months of process. So it's frustrating that we're possibly closed until like September over a seven day waiting period. Right. So and there's no getting ahead. There's just nothing you can do. You just exactly. you hop in line and let it kind of happen the way it's it has to. So awesome. Well, I think it sounds like that you're on the right track for yeah. you know success. So. It's nice to like I said, with how crazy like in every we just we've been so busy, everything's getting worked to capacity. So it's it is nice to like pause it and then you get to step back and see like this we should change everything real quick while we have the chance to. Cause it's been especially we're open seven days a week with big hours. So the best case scenario is I can go in first thing in the morning and work for a couple hours or like do an overnight. Um, but then you got to open again. So it's like, there's been barely any like ability to really go in and get stuff done without kind of causing a mess. So. Right. Awesome. Well, you know, we look forward to when you open back up, we will definitely stop back by. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, thank you so much for oh, yeah. uh, joining us today because we, you know, being somebody who's local, and being the entrepreneur, I think also has the ability to inspire others to take that it. leap. Yeah, that's you know? what I'm trying to do is like, at least be one of the more positive people of like, this is going to maybe suck, but it'll work instead of just telling somebody like my best advice is to not do it. Because if that's right. there's, if that was the case, there wouldn't be restaurants if it was that hard. Same with really anything. If it was really that hard, it, there would be none of those. So yeah. Like there's a million restaurants out there. So that's a million people that have already done it. So exactly. Well, once again, thank you so much. Yes, and to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. Hope you guys all have a great week. Bye. Bye.